0: Are you in alignment with your joy? Are you feeling overwhelmed, overworked, or like you may be ignoring your needs and your own joy? It may be time to assess your soul salary. Welcome to the Confidence Council Podcast. This show is designed for high-achieving women who, despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkhoff. I'm your confidence, purpose, and mindset coach. And today on the show, I am joined by Jess Kaskoff, the author of the best-selling book, Soul Salary. During this interview, we go over the four steps that you can take to align your time and energy with what feels more joyous and fulfilling in your life. Now, let's dive into the interview. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. Today on the show, we are joined by Jess Kaskoff. Jess is the author of the best selling book, Soul Salary. She's a speaker, a life coach and a thought leader who inspires the world to seek more joy and fulfillment. She's also a mama to two boys and lives in the Chicagoland area, just like me. So welcome, Jess, to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Monica. Can you start just by just telling the listeners a little bit about who you are, your backstory, what led you to write this beautiful book?
1: Oh, man. So that is that is a story, for sure. Um, my my first 15 years in, um, in the working life was in um, an engineering career, Uh, with a Fortune 500 company. So I worked in food manufacturing, Um, really had a successful career there um, and was really just chugging along. Uh, and probably would have stayed there a lot longer if a kind of a pivotal moment hadn't happened. And that was um, my company announced a round of layoffs. And they said, you know, in about four to six weeks, we'll let you know if you have a job and where, where it is. Um, and first of all, that's a long time to like ponder <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and wait. Um, so I actually used the time to to do something that I, I really wasn't doing in my life, which was reflect. Um, I have a big picture reflection. So I asked myself, what's been my favorite uh, or what's been my impact in my 15 years so far? And as an engineer, I've worked on equipment improvements, process improvements. Um, I've managed a bunch of people. Um, and and I really realized that my lasting impact was not the process improvement or equipment improvement I put in place. It was truly the impact I had on people because both of the manufacturing plants that I had worked for were closed. Close closed them down. So that process improvement, that equipment improvement, that's that's not a lasting impact, right? It's really mm-hmm. truly the impact that I, I had on the people that I managed, that I worked with, that I interacted with. So that was kind of eye-opening to me. Um and then I asked myself what's been my favorite role? And it, you know, although I liked the operations management roles and the continuous improvement process improvement roles, my favorite was a human resources cross-functional role that I did. And that was really eye-opening too. I'm like, "Well, oh, that's interesting that that's my favorite role. And it was actually helping um, support the whole plant on uh, the plant closure. So helping them transition from the plant still running to um, the closure and and most losing their jobs. So that was my kind of human resources cross-functional role. And it totally changed me as a leader. And I think really opened my eyes to that I really, really was called to support and motivate others. Um, So those two things really Led me to the thought of, you know, I really want to differentially support and motivate others. And I did end up having a job after the, um, you know, after they announced the layoff. So I did have a job, but you can't unsee what you've seen. Right. And so I knew I would regret not trying um, to have a, a career or a side business based off of this. Um, not unlike what you did, Monica, like you still have a full time career and you're doing the podcast. You know, it, it's similar. I started to do the dimmer switch. From one career to the other, Uh, I pitched part time, um, which is very rare in 24 seven manufacturing, (laughs) but they did say yes. And then I went to night school for coaching, got certified, then I um, pitched a sabbatical. Um, so my company offered sabbaticals and I got a sabbatical where I started to write the book, um, and then ultimately, um, left the job, but it was definitely a dimmer switch. It wasn't like I quit and, you know, immediately started doing, but yeah. So now, like you said, I'm an author, speaker, and coach full time for my own business.
0: So tell us, like, was it during this four to six weeks reflection period that this book came to you? Like, how did this book come into your mind?
1: No, the four to six weeks, I think that's when I realized I wanted to get certified as a life coach, mm-hmm. right? So that's where I started. Um, and then as I was coaching one-on-one, I started to, you know, I coach, when you coach others, you coach yourself inadvertently, yep. right? So like mm-hmm. they say, you write the book you need. Um, and so I did here, like I started to write the book that I needed. And it was, my book is real-time examples of me going through this big life transition um, and and how I found my way and leading others to find their way but the the thought came okay I'm doing these one-on-one coaching and I said to myself okay well what's what's my purpose of doing that? if I want to do this career shift what would be my purpose and I got down to a statement that was I make a profound impact on the world by spreading love and joy broadly starting with myself so that was my kind of overall and I realized one-on-one coaching is awesome and I still do it and I want to make a profound impact on the world broadly so I said okay how could I bring my coaching um, and my experience, and my story, and then also how to use my story to propel other people's lives. And I said, okay, it's a book. It's a book, right? That's a much broader audience. And I I can't have that many people that I one-on-one coach, right? But the book can really um, have a broad reach. So that's when I decided to do it. And I, I actually really enjoyed writing. I journal all the time. I didn't know that people didn't do that. Like, I'm like, oh,
0: everyone does this. No. And so I didn't realize like how much I really enjoyed that creative process. So dove in. That's incredible. So something that is kind of popping up for me is just this concept of, I mean, I don't know how long, if it took you 15 years to have this like fear of layoff to like stop and reflect. For me, it took... 10 years of law and a baby, a maternity leave to stop and reflect. But there's so many people that are just going through the motions that maybe they haven't had that aha moment yet
1: mm-hmm. and are just
0: having their heads down and chugging through life without stopping to come up for air and figure out, is this what I want? Is Am I fulfilled? Am I feeling joy? And so I love this whole concept. I love the alliteration of the title, Soul Salary. I think Thank it's you. super cool. And just why don't you start by telling us like, what does sole salary mean? We're not talking about finances, right?
1: Right, right. Yep, exactly. So um, just want to go back to one one point you said, um, you know, there's pivotal moments throughout our lives. And it's, you know, this was the one that kind of brought me closer to what I wanted to do. But you know, like you said, maternity leave, having babies, like major pivotal moments in my life as well. COVID for a lot of people,
0: right? that time away. Mm -hmm. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. People got to their breaking points. Fun fact, did you know that 48 million people resigned in 2021 and 51 million in 2022? They didn't necessarily leave the workforce, but they moved to jobs that were more flexible, part-time, more paid time off, et cetera. So that's why they called it the great resignation. I mean, that's really, I feel like people got to their breaking point. I'm taking care of my children. I'm taking care of my my, uh, my older family, potentially my myself, etc. Um, And they just, you, you are, your adrenaline runs out and you get into burnout and you say something has to go.
0: Oh it's my like God. I remember. Things. Yeah. Being in the thick of it, like being scared about what's going to happen to my job. But then when you step away and you start working from home and you can, you know, kiss your kids during lunchtime while there's, you know, at the table and, you just realize, man, there could be so much more balance than there was. I think COVID was the greatest blessing ever. Like for a lot of, it sounds like for 48 million people, right? So, <laughs> and then 51 million the next and year. <laughs> 51 million, yeah. And so it looks like it's trending and people are starting to wake up to what is this life all about? Like, is it just head down and collecting the paycheck? No. So let's talk about. Yeah. So no, oh. I
1: wrote this book for the overwhelmed, overworked, near or in burnout person. Mm-hmm. They're not making time for their basic needs likely and definitely not making time for their joy. Mm-hmm. So this is the head down, doing the grind, doing the hustle. Mm-hmm. That's what I wrote the book for. Um and you know, they like I said, they say you write the book you need, and I certainly did here. Um, so the the book is about the soul salary. So it is, like you said, not the financial salary you earn from your job, it's the soul. It's a salary you pay your soul and yourself. Um, So what I mean by that is I define soul salary as the value your soul receives when your time and your energy are in alignment with what feels joyous and fulfilling. So those are your paychecks, right? So I, I use this concept of salary that we all know. We all know what salary means. You get paychecks, you have bills, you know, that type of thing. So I, I, I kind of start the book with what is your sole salary? Um, and I know we'll probably talk about this later, but I do have a, a quiz that you just can can find out what your sole salary is right now. Are you, make, you, know, are you making minimum wage at sole salary? Are you middle class? Are you high earner? So that's how the book starts. And then there's four steps. So the first one is paychecks. You need to identify what fills you up and those are your paychecks. And that is what feels joyous and fulfilling. So there's chapters on that and, you know, getting you to identify those. And, and like you said, Monica, a lot of times people don't reflect. So if you don't even know what your paychecks are, you don't know what to ask for or what to change. If you're not taking time to truly dive deep and understand yourself. In that sense, then you're you're going to keep trying to make guesses on what to change, or maybe not change anything at all. But you need to know do the reflection so that the action you take is aligned with yourself,
0: right? What are some of the ways that you encourage your readers, or the prompt maybe prompts that you provide in the book mm-hmm. to help people kind of flush out what those paychecks are, what those things that um, yeah. feel good for their soul are? Yes,
1: so there's uh, there's multiple exercises. So my my book, I should say, is a book and workbook in one. Um, so I do have like workbook pages. So my favorite. Um, my favorite exercise for joy is to relive a joy moment. Um, so you go back and t- you know, you think back, what's a moment that felt incredibly joyous to me? And I'm not allow, I do not allow weddings and births. It's too obvious. Okay. It's too obvious. Yeah, it's like you, you can't relive something. your wedding
0: day or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
1: you got you gotta think about or someone else's wedding day, whatever. You can't, I cannot yeah. be those. It has to be something else that felt joyous. And it could just be a glimmer, like a
0: light, you know, a little bit. What if thing. mine is like Playing on the beach with my kids and husband on vacation. Perfect. Perfect. You go back to that moment and you think about what did it smell like? What did
1: it taste like? What did you see? What did you hear? You know, you use your senses. Um, and then you say, what about that moment made it joyous? Was it the beach, the water, family time, uh, the sun, the warm weather, all of those things? All Was it, it? We yeah. were listening to my favorite music on the beach. We were playing, you know, every mm-hmm. you write down all the things within that. Because, you know, you've identified a joyous moment. What makes it joyous is really interesting because yours could be, I actually hate sand, but I love the water. You know, it just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it just, it, it it helps narrow down um, what about it. And um, it also shows that, you know, family time is incredibly important to me because I picked that. All right, now another one, you know, you pick another one and you go through it again and you go through it again and you go through it again. And the best part I like about this is you bring yourself back to the moment. Your mind doesn't know that you're not there. It thinks you're there. So you're bringing back that joy into the present, um, but also reflecting on what makes it joyous. Cause then you make your whole joy list, like everything that is a paycheck around joy. And that's one
0: exercise that gets you there. And then Um, do you look for themes among like the different scenes in your mind to see like what is kind of recurring? Exactly. So as you write all that out um, you and
1: you do the other exercises, you read through all of them at the end and took out the big themes. You take out the big themes. Um, and that's, you know, obviously your, your joy list is everything that you've written down. Um, but the, the joy list at the end is truly the biggest themes, especially if they are in all the exercises like you automatically take that. Um, you know, it let's I mean, I'm guessing like family time for you would be mm-hmm. in all of those. every exercise, you say, okay, well, that's obviously what I'm gonna put on my final summary list. Um but yeah, like that also helps identify what you want to do. Okay, I, I want to work from home because I want to be able to kiss my kids at lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, family time's important to me, right? I will not work more than x hours a week, you know, so that I can be at home or with my children. Um, I at a job I really value paid time off. Um, I really value part-time work, whatever it is, right? The, the mm-hmm. option to step back. Um, yeah. It just, it helps identify everything, right? Like that helps you make choices. And also maybe it's, I'm not going to take on that philanthropy volunteer because right now that doesn't align with my family time, right? It helps you make choices, not just at work, but everywhere.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I feel like it's something that I, I try to consciously do. It's like, if my thing is like right now, I have really small kids. I I just want to spend every waking minute with them if I can, you know, when I'm not at work. And it's like passing up the happy hour to 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 get home to my kids on time is something that I'm doing now, you know, because I, it's just not a priority for me like it used to be is the socializing and with the coworkers and stuff, you know, it's, I would rather have to be there for dinner time. And so it's so smart to just just get those things down, even though you think you know what they are. You might surprise yourself, like one, like you said, with the HR thing, right? Like not realizing that your favorite part of your job was actually interacting with other people and not necessarily like the actual engineering part. Like for me, I hate arguing, right? I'm a lawyer and I hate confrontation. My favorite part is the storytelling, standing up the jury trials, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Like the theatrics of it. And so, that's kind of what led me to to do the podcast and stuff. It's just pulling out the things that I enjoy out of my Love like daily, daily,
1: You're already daily. on your soul salary journey, Monica.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm excited about it. Okay, so that is the paychecks, what fills you up. So then what's the counter to that?
1: Um, so this, well, step two, before we get into the counter is giving yourself raises and promotions. Okay. And so raises are, raises and promotions are increase in paychecks, right? Mm-hmm. So you're adding on those joint fulfillment things that you've identified. Um, like you said with the podcast, that's a, a raise or even a promotion because it's a big step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a raise is something that you can, you can do step by step and it's, it's a, a comfort level that is, is manageable. Um, a promotion is a step that's giant. So like mm. me quitting my job was a promotion. I say in my book that I reduced my financial salary to increase my sole salary mm. when I first left my job, right? And so it's it's a it's those big um, those big jumps of increasing your increasing your uh, paychecks. So then third is the bills section, and that's what drains you. Mm. This is the section that a lot of people stop doing the work on. Because it is very fun to identify what fills you up sure, and what yeah. feels joyous and fulfilling. It is hard and profound to identify your bills. So, that is something that you can't unsee. Once you do the work, you are making a decision to not make a decision if you don't take action, right? Mm-hmm. So, now you know that I know what drains me, and I'm either going to do something about it or I'm not. And that's a hard thing to face. So a lot of people get kind of gun shy here um, because they know they they know subconsciously there's big bills, but maybe they're not ready to deal with them. And that's okay. Um, but I, I highly recommend not stopping here because no matter how high you make your paychecks, if your bills are just as high, you're
0: bringing in zero in sole salary. Something right? that's coming to me, and maybe you can give us a few examples yeah. beyond this, but what's coming up for me is, and I hope they don't listen to the podcast. I'm sure they don't. I have these, this opposing Uh, counsel that just sucks my soul. And um, it's very difficult to work with them, very contentious. And what I've done is, I've just created a boundary around my interaction with them by limiting it as much as possible. If that means delegating to someone that works under me and an associate to communicate with them, and I'll just do like the high level stuff. I've done that because I needed I, I found that that was a constant source of mm-hmm. um, like a bill for me. It was something that right. was draining my like life force. It felt like, you know, and I might be yeah. being a little bit dramatic, but it just was. That's not dramatic I at all. I didn't like the drama. The drama of it was too much. I didn't want to deal with it on a daily basis and just identifying that. That's what I don't like about this job is just talking to these people. I have to remove that. I have to find a way right. to remove it. Um. So, but what are some other examples that you've, um that you've come across in terms of like what is it? Bills, right? Bills, yeah. So there's uh, two types of bills. One is
1: joy killers. Um, so oh, yeah. I, I have okay. <laughs> joy killers, which are your own expectations that are not aligned uh, with yourself or others' expectations of you that are not aligned with who you are. Um, so it's expectations. Those are, that's what kills your joy is expectations that are not that are out of touch with who you are. Okay, so that's that's what kills your joy. What stops you from having joy? Soul suckers are what stops you from feeling fulfilled. These are fears and limiting beliefs, fears and limiting beliefs that um, stop you from living your purpose, your being fulfilled. Um, And so, those are some examples. What I talk about in the book um, in step four is budgeting, and so that's kind of what you're talking about with reducing your interactions. You notice what your bills are, and then you say, "Okay, how can I?" budget or do budget cuts. So budget cuts is like the really big, the big steps in budgeting at those smaller steps. So you can eliminate, you can delegate, you can reduce, or you can add fun to you. You've chosen to reduce, right. Cause you can't fully eliminate it. Right. Right. Uh, you know, can't fully eliminate that, that, uh, interaction. Um, but you've reduced that's, you've already made a huge choice cause you've reflected on what's draining you and you've made a reduction practice. That's huge. You know, that's a major budgeting. Um, obviously you can't do a budget cut there, but that's some major budgeting, Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe in the future, the next case you say, uh, I'd like this case instead of that case, because that case has the opposing counsel. That actually just did that.
0: I said, please no Ah! more cases with these people. (laughs) I'm ready to, I'm ready to move into something else. And they are like, okay, cool. You should just let us know, you know, just let us know. And and that's funny. Yeah. Sometimes we like get so worked up about like putting that boundary in that They're like, yeah, sure. I know yeah. and you know I'm like how many years ago could have I have asked for this you know and you never know unless you freaking ask and you're already <laughs> at of a
1: no you're already at a no if you don't ask you're already at a no
0: Oh uh, it's so true and then you get in your own head about the worst case scenario right and then it's it's often better than you would imagine you know so Well in the worst case that. scenario is where you're at right now yeah. Right? It can't get worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. So why not just ask and yeah. see what happens? Okay. Yeah. I love that. And what are some of the ways that you did this in your own life? Yeah. So I would say for the bills, it was,
1: um, it was a journey. Cause I think when I, when I wrote them out, I realized how many fears and limiting beliefs I had, um, that were truly stopping me from living a fulfilled life. And so I actually went to therapy I decided to start therapy and work through those fears and limiting beliefs. That's that was my journey with Soul Suckers. With Joy Killers, I really worked hard on the expectations piece. I had taken on so much of societal and, you know, environmental expectations, maybe <clears throat> family, friends, whatever, expectations of myself and I realized so many of them were not authentic to me. Um so that was really an undoing um of, you know, so, so, the social training of, you know, being the good girl, you know, oh, yeah. not, not ruffling feathers. Um, But one one that I'll talk about here, because I think it'll resonate with you and your listeners is the expectation that we parent like we don't work and work like we don't parent. Mm -hmm. There's this like, there's just this culture of you need to continue to be the highest performer in work and the best mom or dad or parent in home. And that is absolutely not feasible. You can have everything you want in life, just not at the same time. Yeah. And so we are trying to do everything and it's it's the best recipe for burnout. Absolutely. Perfect recipe for burnout. Right. And that's one that I really struggled with as a working parent um, was that expectation. And I was truly trying to uphold it and, and failing like you can't do perfect at all of them. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- I found that. Yeah. You come back from maternity leave and everyone thinks, OK, not everything is different about you as a woman. Like not only is your body different. You're, it's like a complete. You, you've just gone through something tremendous. You now have this, you know, baby at home, and you're expected to just show up with the same passion and commitment as you. It's just not realistic, but it's expected, and it's expected. it's very difficult. And um, yeah, I'm I'm pregnant with my third, and with each child, I'm finding myself less and less and less aligned with my work because it's just not something that you can maintain as a mother and be a good mother, in my opinion, like at least like, you know, I do a lot of litigation, a lot of trials. And um, those schedules are crazy. It's late nights, you know, and all that stuff. It's very stressful. And so you see a lot of women in my career, at least going in house or going into positions that are less demanding. Um, And that's why you don't see women on top in corporate a lot, too, which is kind of it's it's unfortunate, you know, that that's kind of the way it is. So, well, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. It's
1: exciting. And, and second of all, um, I just want to say that's incredibly valid and incredibly strong that you're able to reflect on that because often, like you said, you stay in the grind and hustle and you don't say like, what's, you know, what's not working in life. Right.
0: Yeah. And I'm not like, I used to be very shy about Saying that out loud because I was worried that somebody would hear it at work or whatever. And I have coworkers and colleagues that listen to the podcast. And I don't think it's a secret to anyone that if you're a mother or a parent, it's just not the same the vibe for the job or like the passion for the job. It's just not the same. Well, so I
1: think about like your sleeping schedule, the amount of energy and time you have, like the energy is a little less, right? Because you're, yeah. oh, have you heard the pink flamingo story? No. Okay, this you're gonna love this. I think you're gonna love this. Um, so moms, the pink flamingo moms lose their color when they're young, are um are young. So when they're still like majorly taking care of their kids, they lose their color. And then when their kids are able to finally go off on their own, they turn pink again. Mm. And so I just think that's such a beautiful analogy of we're giving, 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 and you got to decide where you give your pink to because oh, yeah. there's only so much pink. And you have – you know, and as, as a flamingo, like, you just don't have as much because you have to give – you choose to and have to give all of this pink to your kids. I um, mean, right now, like, you're even growing a human. Like, that's a lot of pink you're giving, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know what? It just made me think of – we'll get back to the book in a second, but it just made me think of something I saw on Instagram yesterday that was like, your kid doesn't need a new outfit. Like, you need a new bra as like, a mom. <laughs> <laughs> After I just bought my kids these like Lightning McQueen shirts that they don't need, um, that I saw as an Instagram ad, it's like, yeah, I'm still wearing old like breastfeeding bras from you know four years mm-hmm. ago that don't fit, and it's just hilarious like how much you give to your kids but not to yourself. It just made me think yeah. of that. So, I okay, will say, like it
1: doesn't, I, I will say that like you know, I think we should be we, we should be able to be pinker than the pink flamingo, um, yeah. but you know, it's just it, it's a it's an analogy of we don't have as much to give elsewhere, Mm
0: -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. or we don't have as much
1: to give to our children, wherever we choose to put our energy and time. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think figuring out what your priorities are, right? Where you want to put that energy is super important to this process.
1: It's a season. season. You know,
0: maybe your significant other is going to be the primary parent and,
1: you know, your career is where you're going to focus right now. Like that's Mm -hmm. totally valid, right? Absolutely. I mean, think about how many executives, like you said, the high up in companies, how many executives do you know that don't have a significant other who stays at home?
0: Zero. Exactly. Yeah. Zero.
1: My my best friend, she's like, my goal in my career is to show that you can be an executive mom who has another working parent.
0: Mm. Like
1: that's that's something she really wants to and also have the balance. Like, and she's like, and I'm not gonna be traveling for days out of the week. So she's like trying to make this unicorn role that shouldn't be a unicorn.
0: Right. It right. shouldn't
1: be a unicorn. yeah. Um, and she's in a very male-dominated field, kind of like you are, mm-hmm. um, and like I was in a And teacher. you were, right, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's hard to trailblaze, but I'm, like, really proud of her, trying to make it happen. And the roles she's had so far have been elevated, and she's still able to take pick up her kids from school and, you know, whatnot. So she's worked in that. Um, the hours are different. I think she wakes up at, like, 3 a.m. To, to work, and then, you know... So it, it's just like, so she could do the morning routine with the kids, pick up the kids in the afternoon. Um, So, you know, just working through that. But I thought that was really interesting because she was saying the same thing. She's like, every executive in my company has a significant other that stays home.
0: Okay. So we've talked about that was budget, budgeting mm-hmm. and yeah. budget cuts. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's, the, what's left?
1: So what's left is becoming a high earner. In mm-hmm. soul salary, um, mm-hmm. so what that means is you're, you know, you feel that that profound joy and fulfillment. You've changed your soul salary. You've brought it up to, you know, wherever you feel comfortable. Maybe upper middle class is good for you. Maybe high earner is what you strive for. Um, and what I do there is I say, okay, you need to have at least a yearly review. You're the CEO of your life. You pay yourself the salary that you deserve. But you need to also do a yearly review just like you do at a company right you get a yearly review of how your year went you need to do that with yourself so you need to go back the beginning and take the soul salary quiz where are you at right now a year later i do it about every few months Uh, obviously like i'm invested in soul salary but i also want to make sure that i'm continuing to stay on track with my joy and fulfillment and also you can you can use the quiz to find out which area do you need to work on because it breaks down basic needs joy or fulfillment and you can just do those sections again Um, but the goal is to just continue to you know um reflect and change cuz life it does not stay the same. So mm-hmm. and and I guess like the the big premise around high earner remember I said like my goal is to make a profound impact on the world. Well, people who are in a joyous and fulfilling energy elevate themselves and therefore elevate the world around them. So each person that gets there changes the world and it's anyone they touch within their world. And I love this this quote. It's like now one of my favorites. And it's in a single acorn lies an entire forest. So you plant the acorn, it plants a tree, tons of acorns are on that tree. Those drop, you know, it's a single acorn can make an entire forest. And so in the book, when you become a high earner, I believe you become the acorn.
0: That's beautiful. And it's, and I really resonate with that because when, you have a positive energy and you love your life and you're feeling fulfilled, it rubs off on other people. It's contagious, right? If you're the sad sack in the room, it's like, well, i bringing, bringing everyone well, down because, and focus on yourself
1: first. Right. And think about that draining co-counsel. I don't know how you yeah,
0: call it. it. Yes. yes. yeah, Opposing um, counsel.
1: Opposing counsel. Yes. that's That's the word. <laughs> Um, you know, that, that draining is, it's, it's, they're in low energy. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not probably in joy or or fulfillment. They're in a a totally different uh, energetic uh, field. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they're naturally are taking away from your lovely energy.
0: And what I feel is so profound about your book is that you're not saying, you know, maybe your path was quitting your job, but it wasn't for me, you know, like I I did, I did essentially a similar kind of assessment for myself during my maternity leave. And I found that what I needed to do was add things in, right? I didn't, Mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't, Afford in that point in my life to step away from this job, and I I still can't, right? So, um, it was what can I add that will light me up, that will add purpose, that will let me, you know, focus on my gifts or express myself creatively. And it ended up being this podcast, right? And so, you're not selling everyone needs to quit their job if it's sucking the life out of them, it's like adding joy in, and you know. Lowering or dimming the switch on the things that are kind of stressing you out, or, or you know, not, creating it's boundaries. It's not always
1: eliminate. You know, like yeah. I said, it's not always eliminate. And I, I definitely say in my book, it is not for everybody to quit your job and try a whole new career. Yeah. You know, it's that's not the point. You know, I've had people, but I have had people make very big changes. Um, so, for example, um, someone filed for divorce. Someone mm-hmm. said we need to do marriage counseling. Um, you know, someone else actually moved across country. Um, said I've always wanted to live in the state, so. I'm gonna go live in the state, you know. And I first she took a vacation there, just like a long vacation to say, like, is this truly what I want? And she did, so she moved. I've had somebody um do like more creative things within their job. So I had someone who really enjoyed philanthropy and she just did not have time outside of work, but she realized her company has a philanthropy committee. So she decided to join it. And during work hours now, she was able to work on something she was really passionate about. That was really creative. I also had a, uh, somebody, I thought this was really bold and creative, who asked for the month of July off without any reduction in pay or vacation. And they said yes. Oh, of
0: course. I mean, it's, you don't know. It's their, slowest,
1: it's their slowest month. Yeah. And and she now gets more time with her kids in the summer. Mm. You know, like there's just all these there's all these things that you can do that don't involve quitting a job. But the point is they're going to be big changes in your
0: life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you haven't had that kind of aha wake up moment during covid or recently in your life for any reason, I know like, you know, for one of my girlfriends, the death of her mother sparked this kind of. Deep dive, right? So it's different things in different people's lives that will get them to kind of pick their head up and realize what do I need to add, what do I need to eliminate in my life um, to increase my soul salary. And it just, it's just so beautiful. And the raising the awareness, I think, is so important because we only get one life. Like, mm-hmm. you well, no one should be a low income earner in their soul right. salary, right? Like this is it. You, this you get one chance, right? So I have a
1: whole chapter called "Demand Minimum Wage." It's the law.
0: Oh, there we go. Yes. So it's like you,
1: you are the CEO. You have to pay yourself at least minimum wage. You got to give yourself your basic needs. And I don't wish this on anybody, but one of my pivotal moments uh, aligns with this quote, which is if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. And so that's, I just feel like that becomes a pivotal moment when someone's body or mental health or emotional health, um, hinders life so much because it, your body's been trying to tell you, I need a change. I need a change. Oh yeah. Eventually your body's going to give out or your mental health is going to give out because you haven't done the change that it needs. And I truly believe that our like purpose in life is to live a joyous life.
0: I do too. I really do. And I think more people need to wake up to that. It doesn't have, it's not about you, you work to die, you know, or whatever it's you live to live and you live with love and happiness and fulfillment. And I think that's so important. And and
1: what's truly success, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I think that's, what's truly success to you personally. Um, And, and maybe, maybe to somebody it's, I do want to go really high in this company. Like, like my friend, I want to show that executives can be moms and not, you know, negotiate on, uh, or uh, give on like not spending time with their kids. You know, that's, wonderful and that's changing the world and it's also working really hard you know so like there's there's the the continuum there and there's there's people who
0: you know want to find joy by being a nomad (laughs) you know like there's so many
1: different spectrums or like Um, my best
0: friend who's like my priority right now is my babies and I'm, I'm quitting my job and I'm staying home because that is the most important thing to me right now. And, you know, everyone is on their own like path with that and finding their own balance. And it just, it's such a personal individual journey, it seems. And your workbook, I think will really help people kind of go through those prompts and figure out those things for them. I think that's so awesome. So Jess, um, have we covered all of the steps? Yeah, it's all of them. Okay. So tell us, Where can we find your book? It's a workbook. I I love workbooks. I'm a a writer. I'm a journaler. I'm a big like right in the margins kind of gal. So where can we find the book? Where can we find you? How else can we connect with you?
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for asking that. The book is on Amazon. So it's Soul Salary. And then it's by Jess Kaskov. Um,
0: and yeah, which is just, you. Yes. Just me. <laughs>
1: yes. yes. Um, and it is a book and workbook in one, like we said. Um, and so that's, that's where to start, but if you are not ready to pull the trigger and buy the book, what I would say first do is my free quiz because it mm. tells you what is your soul salary right now. And it gives you tips right away based off of your your ratings. So are you a minimum wage, uh, middle class or high earner? And they'll tell you basic needs, joy or fulfillment was where you need to focus. So it'll give you some tips. If those are helpful, then get the book to dive deeper. And the um, free quiz is at com slash soul salary. And it's a, just, it pay, takes most people about two minutes. So very quick.
0: I'll link that in the show notes. I'll thank link you. the link for the Amazon purchase of the book. I'll link your Instagram, Facebook, and other places that they awesome. can find you thank on social you. media. And yeah, th- thank you so much for being here. This was this is so my jam. This is so <laughs> my am Ali. I really love the work that you're doing. Thank you for spreading the message and And um, joy and fulfillment should be a priority in all of our lives. So this is a very important conversation. So thank you so much for being here again. Absolutely. It was a great conversation. Thanks, Monica. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now!